So the big question is this, how are real estate agents like us who didn't cheat and take on venture capital and are spending money from our own pockets, how do we compete with these billion dollar real estate tech companies and iBuyers in a way that lets us bring our services and the things we believe in out into the world and still remain profitable? That's the big question. And on this podcast, we'll give you the answers. Welcome to the iBuyer Experiment. What's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome. We have an amazing guest today, uh, Mr. GSD Mode himself, Joshua Smith. Josh is uh, an amazing entrepreneur. He has multiple businesses, um, you know, software developer, a coach, a mentor, a keynote speaker. I mean, this guy's accolades and, and success track record in the real estate space and, uh, you know, health supplement space is is monumental and so i mean almost almost so much that if i was to go through the list of everything we'd probably burn the whole entire 25 minutes going through all of this <laughs> stuff so what's up man how, how you doing today what's going on yeah, josh, no, I'm, josh. I'm, I'm, yeah doing good man stoked to be here and i appreciate appreciate the kind words yeah yeah so you know i guess kind of kick us off today what are you seeing in, in your real estate space i mean i guess one of the the other things that is super important for our listeners to realize is that you're still running a ultra high-powered successful real estate team yeah. and a brokerage of over uh three thousand agents i saw that you guys just you know are still you know i think number two uh in production over the you know my home group just a, a huge team what are you seeing what's the vibration what are you guys doing to stay so relevant and today's ultra competitive market yeah you know dude i mean the, the, there's so much that goes into that yeah right um i was uh, just having a conversation with a buddy of mine leo pareja who's the owner of remine and he was the number yeah. one kw agent in the world before he started remine and uh, you know we were talking about how it's like every year now so in like the last 12 months we've seen more changes take place in the other 16 years of of our career you know and yeah. And that, that, those are, I'm not talking about changes because of COVID. I mean, those are changes that took place that uh, we all had to adapt to, but it's just the rate uh, that change is taking place, you know, um, and, and tech with technology, you know, technology is expanding exponentially, not linear. So the growth is going to continue to be more rapid. And um, uh, so, so really it boils down to two things. Um, you know, number one, we as real estate professionals need to, be willing to embrace change at a higher level than ever before. So many people are fearful of change and it's like, dude, if we break it down, the one inevitable thing that we can all be sure of and guaranteed of in this life is change. Things are always changing, moving, shaking, adapting, you know, nothing stays stagnant. Um, and so many people ha have an issue with change. Um, and for those that do and aren't willing to adapt and shift and move at quicker paces than, than ever before, you know, are, are, are going to be left behind. So, right. you know, that, that, uh, um, you know, don't, don't fear it. Don't have resistance to it, embrace it, run to it. And just, you know, mm. understand that you're probably going to have to keep continuing to pull that rug out from underneath your feet on a consistent basis. Cause I mean, changes happen rapidly, you know, then the second component is, you know, it used to be one of these things where, look, if you put your client's needs first, you worked your ass off, like if you just worked your ass off and, and did good by your clients, um, that you could go out there and, and become a, a top producer in this industry. And it's like those things that, that used to allow you to take it to the top are now just kind of the ante to be in the game. Those are just kind of the given things just to survive, not thrive. Now more than ever, and in addition to that, you've got to be a brilliant operator. You know, if, if you <clears throat> um, um, aren't a brilliant operator, 
Dude, it's 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 uh, you're gonna, again, it's 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 you're going to be survival mode, not thrive mode. And by by a brilliant operator, I mean you know um, uh, the the mindset of a, of a true entrepreneur, of a business owner. You got to understand businesses, you know, uh, systems, processes, um, how to leverage pieces of technology, um, how to go out there and strategize, and uh, you know, play chess, not checkers, if you will. Yeah, yeah. You know, I love that you touched on the, the brilliant operator piece, um, just because, again, as you know, as, as we grow with Zudilio, we're seeing more of these larger scale, you know, teams come in place like a lot of these EXP people. Right. And they're having to be those brilliant operators because part of that model is, is they need to be able to hang on those teams, you know, and attract them and, and you know, give them the ability to compete, you know, in, in today's market. And I mean, honestly, for somebody that's been doing it as long as you, you're you're like the best in the business at keeping people around and keeping large scale running teams and, you know, well-oiled systems and process. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it's one like, I, I'm not, I'm not the, the best of the best, you know, when you put my numbers out there, it's, I mean, I'm consistently always in the top 50 in the United States as far as a team, you know, but it's not like, uh, you know, I've never hit that number one spot, you know, right. Um, but I will say this, that for over 16 years now, every single year, my business has grown, it has expanded, it has thrived regardless of the marketplace, mm. you know, so um, even, you know, during the great recession and so forth, then we'll been able to go out there and shift and adapt. And, you know, people, people got to understand, and this is something I'm, I'm always pushing, you know, not just to my agents, but my coaching clients and so forth, and just on my podcast as well. But, you know, it's operating from that mindset of there's no such thing as a good market or a bad market. The market is always good. The market's always great. As real estate professionals, it's our job to identify whom is the market good for, AKA like where, where's that opportunity at? Where's the best opportunity where the market? Cause it's always great for somebody. Like right now, know. if we look at it here in 2021, who's the market great for? It's great for one subset of clientele, which are sellers that can yep. sell without that home. Like they, they don't need this home to sell to go out there and buy, you know, uh, there's no contingencies. They just, they, they're able to go out there and sell. Yep. For everybody else, it pretty much sucks. You know, right? <laughs> um, uh, but then we look at a declining market. Who's a declining market for great for? Well, it's great for buyers in general. It's yep. really good for move up buyers, right? I mean, that's yep. if you were to time it out in a perfect world, <laughs> like move up buyers want to buy during a declining market. Um, uh, it's great for investors. So at any given time, the market's always great for somebody. somebody. We just need to be able to pivot and identify whom it's great for. That becomes our ideal client and or ideal clients that then we are, you know, positioning our, our focus, our marketing, our, our, you know, prospecting efforts to, because real estate's always trading hands. If you look at it historically, it's always trading hands, always is going to be okay. trading hands. So if the game is selling real estate, like we got to know how to play the game, man, and, 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 you know, know what that focus needs to be. So it sounds like you're speaking to a lot of foresight there. And so let me just ask an, an open question on, you know, on that. Like, what, what do you see coming down the pike, you know, right now? We all know the change is coming. We all know more money, more disruption, higher tech. All those things are kind of coming into place. But how do you think that weighs into, like, you know, the normal practitioner? And how are you going to keep positioning your team, uh, you know, to handle all of this? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, dude, it, it, it's to, to predict what, what's going to happen in the future. It, it's so tough. You know, I mean, yeah. I have a question that yeah, I'm sure you guys are getting on a daily basis. I get blown up with each yeah. and every day is, you know, is the market going to crash? You can't go on YouTube without hearing, you know, the chicken yeah. little skies falling, uh, um, yeah. you know, messages. And the reality is, dude, I have no freaking idea. Nobody has any freaking idea. You know, like we can look at certain markets and uh, stock market, for example, and you know, certain things that that uh, uh, definitely appear to be in a bubble, you know, but when it comes to real estate itself, I mean, it could be argued intelligently, you know, um, uh, uh, on either side. 
So, so I don't know. I mean, at some point, yes, the market going to correct for sure. You know, right? Like Has trees to. don't grow forever. Otherwise they'd be touching the sun. Right. So eventually what goes up must come down. I mean, it's a law of physics. Right. So um, at some point there's going to be a correct uh, correction, but we don't know what that looks like and, and how severe and when it's going to take place. And there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that are, that's taking place financial, uh, uh, you know, with between the fed and moves, the government's making that, that, you know, it, it isn't commonplace knowledge. It, it's not like the media, he is talking about this stuff, you know, right? So, I mean, a lot of people think that, you know, all this printing money's going you know, to lead to inflation per se, but then you, when you start looking like what our country's doing with swap lines and with these other countries, I mean, it's, it, yeah, it, there's a lot of moves right now that, that are, are strengthening the dollar. So when it comes to that element, um, you know, uh, uh, I don't know how that's going to go. All I know is we're going to be prepared. And when I say be prepared, man, you just pay attention, dude. You, you, yep. you, you watch the important KPIs that you need to watch. You pay attention because markets never shift on a dime. You know, like if we look at, like, we'll just take our market here in Phoenix, you know, anything under three months of inventories is, is seller's market. And then depending on how low it gets below that is the severity of it. You know, you get that four or five months of inventory, that's going to be a neutral market. So that's right. like, you know, in inflation, which the Fed tries to keep at 2%, which is the rate of growth of gold when we had the, the gold standard. Um, um, so it's like inflation, you know, plus one, you know, right. So that's kind of your three to 4%, uh, uh, you know, average appreciation, whether you want to call it inflation or appreciation per year, you know, however you want to frame that. Um, and then when you get into the, the, you know, six plus months, I mean, that's when we start entering a buyer's market. And then yep. with the severity of that, you get seven months, you know, you start seeing uh. a lot of short sales, getting eight months, they're seeing a lot more REO introduced. So as you're seeing these, these upticks, you know, like I don't need to wait until short sales or REOs hit. You know, if I'm seeing the, the inventory um, increase, but let's just say two weeks every 30 days, yep. well, I can start timing that out. If things continue at this pace, you know, and if the signs indicate that they, you know, are going to continue at that pace, I can time it out where I can be in that right position in four to six months, you know. So, so you know, the, if, you're, if you're just paying attention and you're, you're staying aware of, of, you know, what the market's doing, you know, there's plenty of time to go out there and shift and pivot. You know, um, and then so so you got that component of it, you know. But then you got the component of yeah. I mean, we got all the you know technology that, that's uh, changing the game in a way. Um, um, and, and you know, I mean, multi-billion dollar hedge funds, if you will, disguising themselves yeah. as, as real estate companies. You know, which creates <laughs> yeah. a different, unique angle of it. And look, I, I I believe that because there's so many moving parts to real estate. Like, I'm not one that believes that the real estate agent will become obsolete. Um, at least not for some time and at least not if we do our job as a real estate industry. Yeah. You know, the, the, I think the second that if we as a real estate community, is, meaning realtors here, if we allow this business to become transactional based versus relationship based, um, um, you know, that, that, that is the danger really of, of, you know, us becoming more of a commodity and potentially becoming obsolete. Um, you know, so I think as long as we do our part and keep it relational, because there's, there's so many moving parts when it comes to selling real estate. Oh my that, gosh. Uh, yeah. You know, it, 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 I don't know. Again, I, I don't like to say, you know, this will never happen because who knows? I don't have a crystal ball. Um, uh, you know, but I, 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 like, look, I'm games, game all in, man. I'm all in on real estate. You know, right? Like, yeah, you I've are. invested my whole life savings into uh, systems, tools, and technology for real estate agents. So, you know, obviously, I have a very high level of confidence that the real estate agent will, will you know, be here and be here for a long time. Um, but with that being said, you know, there, there are you know, like, who, who knows what that's going to look like, man. Is it going to be okay. So I just went out and bought 
a new 55 inch LED, you know, smart TV or whatever for my office. Uh -huh. Now I remember when I bought like when LED TVs first came out. So it's like 10 years, 11 years ago, I went out there and bought a, a same size 55 inch LED TV. And it was like eight grand at the time. Yep. <laughs> Dude, this one I bought like far better, far superior technology far like whatever. It was like, a, it was under a grand, you know? Um, so if we look at all other industries, the, the, for the most part, things are, are becoming a superior product at lesser of, of a cost. Yep. And um, uh, when you apply that to real estate commissions and so forth, like we haven't really seen that same compression, um, uh, you know, in our space. And I'm for not sure. saying that it, that's going to happen, but I'm definitely preparing for it. You know, like behind when I say preparing for it, like it doesn't mean I'm executing on it, but I'm mapping this stuff out. And I have, okay, hey, if we have to go to, let's just say a flat fee, uh, $2,000 model uh, yep. or like a Redfin model, you know, I've, I've got it mapped out. It's theory, but I've got it mapped out of how mm -hmm. we could pivot and how we could position and how we could be still profitable at that model. Um, but then at that point, I mean, that, that does get to the point where it's, when I talk about embracing technology and becoming a great practitioner um, and becoming really good at systems processes and leveraging technology for automation and so forth, totally. you know, right. It, it then becomes a volume game. So, it, you know, you've got to be able to adapt with that. So, you know, um, uh, I don't know what the future is going to hold. All I know is, is I'm going to, I'm always preparing to be prepared. You know, you said something that was interesting that really caught my attention. You said that us as realtors can't allow the business to become transactional rather yeah. than relational. And I know you are amazing at creating content. You're a, you know, a content creator. You have been for years. In my opinion, that's kind of one of the ways we can scale relationships is through technology. So I kind of want to get your wisdom uh, for creating content. And if you could just give us, give our listeners just the, the highlight reel of maybe some of your um, content milestones and accomplishments, because I know there are a lot of them. And then maybe share with us kind of what you think realtors could be doing to leverage creating content in a way that you've done. Heck yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, so here, here's, I, I guess to, to put this like at a high level, um, <laughs> Like, okay, I don't invest any money with, with third, third party services like Zillow, you know, yep. um, or like in our market, we can't anyway anymore, but uh, <laughs> most markets you still can, you know, right? Like, um, however, I spend a lot of time on Zillow still. And, and, and even though I don't do business with them, I spend time on their website. And why is that? It's because they own, they're the juggernaut, they own the eyeballs, right? So yep. I wanna know, okay, well, what does Zillow do a good job at? And then where, where are they falling short at? So when I look at that as an example, so let's just say people that are buying, you know, your traditional real estate, people that are buying regular homes. So there, there, there's really two parts to it. You got when they turn that doorknob and enter that home, like what's happening with the house itself. That's what, that's what Zillow, like you can try to dog on the app, whatever people love it. Numbers don't lie. You know? Um, uh, so, you know, they do a great job at that. But then when you, when you leave that house, when you turn the doorknob and leave the house, you got your life outside of that house. That's equally as important to people as they're making these purchase decisions and so forth. You know, right? So I look at that, I'm like, okay, well, well again, how can we as a real estate professional bring value in a way that these other, you know, companies aren't? That the, like, how can, we, how can we fill that void that the consumer wants and needs that doesn't exist? You know, right. So then, then I'm, I'm just going to fill the, I'm going to be that bridge. I'm going to be that information portal bridge that uh, people can't find. 
So that's what I'm going to create content around. So if, if all these, you know, with, with the IDX and, you know, again, real, Zillow, Realtor.com and so forth, if people can see everything that they need to see with homes, you know, what, what, what can't they not see? Do they can't, they, they don't know, especially now with, with people relocating on, on such a big scale, moving out of the cities to the suburbs and so forth. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and fleeing different states to, to move to more lucrative states. Um, like, dude, they, they don't know what lifestyles like. They don't know what the schools are like. They don't know what it's like to live in that area. So become that information portal. So, so that really becomes around like my, my content creation strategy, if you will, is, is um, you know, j- just being strategic with what, delivering content that the consumer wants that's important to them when they're making this decision but that isn't readily available like i don't know if you guys have ever uh, uh you know tried to relocate out of state or or looked at that but like dude it is very difficult to go out there and again see yeah. what what life is like outside of that home what like what's the neighborhood like what are the parks like like what yeah. are the hiking trails like what are the local gyms what are the you know at one point several years ago we were looking at uh, relocating to illinois and uh you know i had my realtor like go go f- film uh, uh uh the grocery store mm-hmm. aisles of like showing us like the organic food <laughs> options just that stuff's important because i'm stopping by you know right like okay well here's my office building here's the driveway of the house like what what are, what are the two gyms you know within yeah. that within that drive route and and go in and film those and you know have them go film the schools and like all that shit. like the only way for me to see them otherwise would be to jump on an airplane um, uh, so, so, you know, becoming that information portal for the, for the consumer, um, to get that. Cause at the end of the day, it's just getting eyeballs on you. If we look at the, the, sure. the overall name of the real estate game, it's to get people to know you, like you trust you, be aware of what you do for a living, follow up frequently and your business continues to grow. Yep. So you want them thinking, you want to own that mind show when they're thinking of making a, a buying or selling decision that boom, like you're either a go-to person. Yeah, right. So you got to, in order to create that awareness, build that likability, build that trust, you got to give them valuable content that matters to them. And, you know, my number one rule of thumb when I, when I, and I, so many people get so caught up in like editing and, and, you know, how, how pretty the video is and how cool <laughs> yeah. it looks and, you know, all of this stuff, dude. Um, uh, like I operate by one thing is just okay. But when they, that, when they push that play button, by the time they push that play button and they get done with that video, it has that person that's on the other end of that watching that video is their life improved in some form or fashion. Now it can be something small, like, I don't know, like uh, uh, the other day I, I uh, got locked in my office because I was installing a new doorknob. So I had a video of how to pull it in. Like, I'm not a handyman. I don't know. How, you know? So, so that, that video, even though it's something small, dude, that improved my life because it got me out of my office yeah. so I didn't have to like, kick down a door, right? So, um, uh, Were you so thinking about small. it? Were you like, I'm going to kick this door down? You're pretty strong. You work um, out. Uh, it, it, it was close. Um, you know, but uh, uh, anyway, with that, though, it's, it's, their life is improved. It's added value. And if you create that, you know, putting that consistent content out there. And the cool thing is, is it's easier today than ever before. It's like, uh, you know, and I'm going through this switch too personally where, you know, I used to have videographers follow me around and, uh-huh. all this, you know, I have like $100,000 of film equipment and that I've accumulated over the years. And now it's just like, dude, everything from the iPhone, like everything from our yeah. phone, you know, right? Like we need to be able to shoot on the go, shoot fast. Um, and, and now with, I mean, there's so many amazing apps and, and, you know, yeah. just inexpensive mics, you know, to go out there and do this and phones have just gotten like, do like you, you can shoot with your, let's just say the new iPhone, mm-hmm. and then you can go shoot with a 4k DSLR. Um, um, you know, if, if you, let's just say you have a gimbal, so it's, it's staying flat and so forth. Um, and then you edit those two videos that like you can't tell if no. it's shot through the $7,000 camera right. or the, the thousand dollar phone, you know, right. So. 
Um, uh, but consistency of content is huge. And then, and then, you know, I mean, well, let's talk you, consistency and content because you have been very consistent. Podcasts. Yes. I want that's yes. how many that's, podcasts that's, or interviews, or interviews, right? interviews like podcast interviews. Yeah, just the whole conglomerate. I, I can't imagine how many referrals you're getting from all those agents all around the country. Well, I think consistency yeah, yeah, it's, is it, be amazing. It, 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 it comes to a lot. I mean, not yeah. just just referrals from you know people that are buying, like moving here that are looking to buy and sell here, but then, yeah, I mean it's teammates. You know, the majority of my agent yeah. recruits and so forth. You know, come so it's, so it's multifaceted. Um, uh, and look, I, I didn't really intentionally start the podcast. It was one of those things where, um, uh, you know, when on your success journey, you know, you can people can sit there and say, "Oh, I'm self-made." And I could argue that and say that as well. Like I've never taken a loan from anybody. I've, you know, like I've, I've bootstrapped everything, uh, yep. if you will. However, man, I've had so many mentors and so many people that have poured into me and that that gave me their time and their 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 knowledge base. Took time out of their busy lives, away from their families and so forth. That that there's no way I could have ever repaid them, but they gave me that time. And, and, you know, as you create more and more success yourself personally, you know, it's, it's, you know, this might sound cliche and, and, you know, whatever, but, you know, it's your way of paying it forward where you, you over time develop this, you know, uh, a feeling of obligation, like now you need to do your part and give back and, and, and be that to others. Well, it got to the point where, dude, like I couldn't go out to coffee anymore. Like let people take me out to lunch because I was just so busy with everything. And I had so many people wanting to do that. So it got to the point where I was just like, dude, just send me your question. Other people have these questions too. I'll just answer it and throw it up on YouTube. Mm. So before the podcast really even started, man, I had like 300 and some videos that I produced and put out there. Mm. Um, and then, you know, the podcast started just from being on other people's podcasts. And I was already, you know, already starting a, a following on, on my YouTube channel at that point. Um, and, and dude, and again, no, no other intention. Like I had no idea where any of this was going. Um, but then as I was getting interviewed on these other podcasts, it was like, man, like, like I just love learning from others. I'm a student of the game. You know, I just, I, awesome. dude, I don't care if you're a brand new agent or if you've been doing this for 40, 50 years, it's like, I just, I love to learn. Right. Um, so I'm like, all right, great, great way to go out there and self-development, pick the brain of others, share it with others. Um, uh, and then too, you know, on, on it, call me arrogant, call me cocky. I'm hearing all these, I'm getting interviewed by these other podcast hosts. I'm like, dude, I think I can just do a better job by asking better questions. Like I always felt like they're asking me, the wrong question, you know, because a lot of the people at that time, there's only a several, there's only a few of them at that time. Mm -hmm. This was about six, seven years ago. Uh, as far as big podcasters, like none of them were, were actually in real estate. They weren't top producers themselves, you know, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, they, they, you know, like there's a different conversation that you and I can have, you guys, because yep. we're all, you know, been in this game for a long time, you know, right? Yep. So, um, uh, so it just started from that, dude. Like I had no idea where any of this was going. And, um, and that was about six years ago. And it's been, you know, so, uh, uh, three to five uh, uh, pieces of content every week for the last almost six years now. Wow. Top, top three. Like counting the top know, three podcasts, Josh. Put on before that. What's your po your top three podcasts that you or interviews that you've done? Ooh. Top three is in what? Yeah, it's, it's mo your the most, most exciting. Your most favorite. Like, hey, I just I learned a lot from this interview. Yeah, dude, it, it, it you know it's such a tough thing because it, <laughs> yeah, it's, on the spot there. Well, it, it's not it's not it, it's not to make other guests feel bad. It's just oh, there's yeah, been so many different not. reasons no. of, of others that have you know. Um, so when I when I when I I wanted to set some goals like, like uh, uh, you know because of podcasts I, I never cared to monetize it. I still don't accept sponsors. I've never cared to monetize it. Um, 
you know, so I was like, all right, well, how, how do I, how do I know if I'm winning at this? You know, so I had, uh, I was like, all right, I, I need to build it big enough where I can get two guests on and that would be winning. So you know, at the time it was Grant Cardone and then, you know, my favorite serial entrepreneur of all time, Ryan Blair. Um, uh, so ended up getting both those guys on. So that was a huge milestone for me, yeah. wow. um, uh, you know, just getting them on and, and, you know, with those goals, um, you know, uh, dude, like Jay Samet was probably one of the most impactful for me personally. So Jay Samet is, uh, uh, I mean, the dude's a billionaire and he, so he wrote an awesome book called disrupt you. And, um, so he, he, he was the guy that invented the, the, essentially like the, the kiosk, like the airport kiosk. Oh, wow. Wow. You know, and, uh, uh, he, he, he was the dude that shut down Napster. Um, and this, huh. this guy's just so brilliant. And, and, you, but anyway, when we go, went into that, just, it, it totally shifted my paradigm and my mindset of, of how to solve problems, you know, and how to go out there and put things together. Like he, he was like, look, you don't need to be the inventor of the piece of technology. He's like, I'll give an example. Um, um, and he talks about this in his book. He goes, there, there's this father that his, his um, son, like on accident, lost his arm. So he's got this, you know, this uh, uh, prosthetic, but at a young age, like they don't really have, you know, nice, fancy prosthetics because kids grow at such a rapid rate. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, it's one of these things you go in as classmates, you know, you think about an eight-year-old kid, like other eight-year-olds probably don't understand it. I got this funky thing. People are like weirded out by it and his son's embarrassed and, and, and he just you're trying to solve a problem to like figure this out for his son. Like, so some essentially wouldn't feel bad or, or get made fun of. So then he started thinking like, how cool would it be like if my son had like, I don't know, like an Iron Man arm or like the, you know, the, uh, the different Marvel, the you know, whatever. And, and then he started looking into it and he's like, all right, well, you got this new 3D printing technology yep. that they can print these prosthetics for cheaper and inexpensively. So then, so long story short, he ends up getting with this 3D printing company, gets with Disney to license it, mm. um, puts the pieces together. Uh, and then through all of that, I mean, the dude's now, I mean, his company's hundreds of millions of evaluation of a company, uh, you know, right through, I mean, he didn't invent, he just solved the problem, put the pieces together, yeah. you know, right. Um, uh, so, and, and there's just story after story after story that he went through with that. And, and cool. it was a, it was a big mindset shift for me. And, you know, so that's been one of the most uh, powerful, like just for growth for me of, you know, I always looked at things that like, I got to be the, the, you know, the inventor or the doer of it versus just putting the pieces together. Yeah. Well, that's sometimes cool. the, the best inventor is the one that simplifies, like you said, something complicated, bring, it brings worlds together, and it's almost a new invention when, it's, when you simplify it. So. Very cool. Jay Sammy? Sammy. Jay Sammy. 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 Yeah, Jay Sammy. I, I haven't heard that guy. I'm definitely going to. Yeah, that was selfish on my part. I, I saw 1,100 podcasts, and I was like, hey, which one should I watch? So <laughs> <laughs> now I know which one to watch now. Cool. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we like to keep these, you know, hot and fast and we are about out of time man. you, you have brought so much. We'll have to have you back again because I feel Absolutely. like we just started to scratch the surface on, on some stuff. So you uh, got any final parting words? You know, just uh, look, guys, like, there, there is there's going to be more opportunity going forward than we've ever seen before. Um, just be prepared for it. Embrace change. Um, look for those opportunities. Business is a zero sum game. So somebody's always winning. Somebody's all, always losing. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of people that lose. There's, a, it, you know, there'll probably be a lot. We'll probably start seeing a lot more agents drop out of this industry. It's going to get more and more challenging, you know, but for those that are truly committed, um, uh, that are willing to, you know, play the game at a higher level, that are truly committed to your own success and that are obsessed over the client experience and solving the problems for your clients, uh, your clients, 
uh, again, man, there's going to be more opportunities ahead than we've ever seen before. So, you know, don't, don't fear it, man, embrace it and be excited about it because it's, it's going to be a wild ride. Love we it. love it. Thank you, yeah. so, Thank you much, so much, Joshua. Man. We really appreciate you being here and dropping all that great knowledge. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Thank you guys. You're the best, man. Right. Have a good day, man. Later. We truly appreciate you taking the time to be with us here today on the iBuyer Experiment Podcast. Please remember to like and subscribe so that you're notified when we launch a new podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. Show you the money.